Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed, and past performance does not guarantee future results. And good morning, everyone. This is Pat Harridan filling in from Lockton in Boston. And for those of you who are frequent listeners of the show, when I am on, I usually talk about employee benefits and insurance. Uh, Today will be no exception, but a little bit of a twist, hopefully. This show is going to all be all about education. We're going to educate you on some health insurance options. And then in the second hour, we're going to educate you on some personal insurance options. But up first is a now frequent guest of the show is Audrey Gasteyer from the Massachusetts Health Connector. Good morning, Audrey. Great to be back. Great. Good to be back, Audrey, and good to hear your voice. It's funny. We say a lot now, good to hear voices, good to see people on screens. We haven't had a lot of, well, hopefully we're getting there this fall, but good to have you on the show. And for those who, again, listened, uh, Audrey will talk about the Massachusetts Health Connector, which, and I'm, I tried to do the math, Audrey, how long has the Health Connector been a thing in Massachusetts? Yeah, so we were created back in 2006, so we are beyond 15 years now, in our teenage years, I guess you could say, but yeah, we were created in 2006 as part of Massachusetts's health reform law. So we were the central organizing force in implementing that law, which was designed to expand health coverage here in Massachusetts. Yeah, so a lot of people don't know that. And people that are new here, and uh, in my world, I deal with a lot of employees who work at companies and that, or move here, and they didn't realize that it's not 2010 for healthcare reform for us. It's mm-hmm. 2006. That's uh, exactly right. Yes, it, we it, did it first, and then the, the rest of the country followed suit. And we're and the other thing that again, when we counsel, because some employees fall into this category, which we may get to, when we counsel them, we and I don't know. You may know, Audrey. I don't know how many states still have their own exchange versus the federal. Are we one of ten, or is there a bigger number or smaller? It's so you ask because the number is growing. A few years ago, it was in, I want to say, like the 13, 14 kind of number. All 50 states had their own state-based exchange or marketplace. And we could talk about what that is and what we yes. do. But actually, over recent years, it's been growing. A number of states have newly set up their own exchanges or marketplace. Just seeing the writing on the wall that there's a lot of benefits for states for really running this at a state level. So they can be responsive to the needs of their markets and their residents. But for any state that chooses not to run their own health insurance exchange or marketplace, the federal government essentially does it for them. And I think that's, I wanted to, I wrote that down as a talking point in a few minutes, just how our market for health, particularly insurance, is slightly different than some of the other markets in obviously other states, just the dynamic of our plans, which is changing. (laughs) 
literally as right. we speak, right. names and such. But let's start at the beginning. We don't have to go as deep because hopefully people know this. There's been a lot of focus on who the connector is. And I think you guys have been great getting the outreach out there to the populations that need it. But just in general, Audrey, what is the connector? What does it do? And then we'll get into sort of the specifics in a moment. Absolutely. The Health Connector is Massachusetts's official health insurance exchange or marketplace. Sometimes you'll hear exchange or marketplace used interchangeably as terms. But what it is, it's essentially where anybody who lives in Massachusetts who doesn't already have health coverage, whether that's through their job or another program like Medicare or Medicaid, can get health coverage. It's important that people know it's the only place where people can qualify for state and federal subsidies to help lower their health care costs. And most people do. That's important for people to understand. The Health Connector carries all of the state's leading health insurance carriers. So when you come to shop at the Health Connector, you'll see the same name brands of insurance companies you're used to seeing if you get covered through an employer or you've been in the individual market. So we carry all of those that are required to participate through the Health Connector. And the Connector is really designed to make it easy for people to comparison shop and choose the plan that's best for them and their family. So when somebody comes to the Health Connector, they can really shop confidently knowing all the coverage we offer. It's going to meet state and federal coverage standards. It's what you could call pre-vetted. We make sure anything we offer to the public meets what we call our seal of approval for high value. We basically ensure that any coverage you would get through us is going to cover what you'd need and be there for you when you need it. And the last detail I would share just as the top line summary of what the Health Connector is and does is we offer coverage to both individuals and families as well as small employers. So small businesses can also get coverage through the Health Connector if they have fewer than 50 employees. That's the very top line of who we are and what we do. And as we noted at the top, we've been around for over 15 years. And that concept of an exchange or a marketplace really animated the state-level health reform law that Massachusetts pioneered back in 2006. And then the Affordable Care Act picked up on that concept and really nationalized that model. But we've been at it for a while. And we now cover about 400 million people here in Massachusetts. Wow. It. <laughs> If you saw me, if you were in front of me, Audrey, you would see that literally your answer to that question, I checked everything that I was going to ask you've hit. <laughs> so you, you must have answered that question before, I'm sure. Let's start with, uh, and first of all, we talk about connector and exchange, and that's probably harder to describe. Obviously, pre-COVID, you're a physical, you, you do have employees in a physical space, but the connector is, or the exchange is this online marketplace with sort of telephonic support, correct? That's so, right, exactly. So you could think of, of us as like an orbit or a travel velocity type concept, right? Where you're coming onto a website, you can see all the different options. You can see things, we call it standardized. So I want to search for a health insurance plan that covers X, Y, and Z. It has my doctor. And you can see what's available to you, what the different prices are, what the different networks are. So it's meant to be essentially an online curated marketplace that makes it easy for people to make apples to apples comparisons as I noted, find out what they qualify for in terms of available state or federal subsidies to lower their health care costs. 
So that's all concentrated in one website experience. So that is absolutely the case. Yes, we do have a physical office in Boston. <laughs> we also have some walk-in centers around the state that are up and running. So people who are looking for in-person support can visit those. We also have what are called navigators all over the state, which are organizations with staff trained to assist people in person because there are certainly people who don't love the online mm-hmm. dynamic for shopping for anything, health connect, health insurance or otherwise. So people can certainly do a paper application if they want, but the kind of central idea of a marketplace or an exchange like the Health Connector is that it's something people can apply to online, get a real-time determination for what they qualify for, and take care of all their business on the website. So that's how the majority of people use the Health Connector, and that's really what it's designed for, but certainly for people who need additional support and don't prefer to use technology to apply for benefits, we have all kinds of ways they can do that as well. And you did it again, Audrey. You hit, uh, there's one one thing you left out, which, because it's not happening yet, but we'll get to it. I think you know what that yes, is. I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you raised an important point, and this is where the education piece comes in. Obviously, I think people, again, even pre-reform, Massachusetts was not a pioneer, but we had a lot of programs for people. Mm-hmm. And I'm, we're, again, we're talking for the most part here about people who are not eligible for affordable employer-sponsored care. We'll get to the employer piece hopefully at the end. But for those people, and again, I've run into them for people who are with an employer client who may not yet be eligible Mm -hmm. for the plan due to hours or time, I was always stuck with, I really don't know what you're eligible for. I know Massachusetts (laughs) has a bunch of these programs. Again, in my world, we had I forget the correct names, but we had Mass Health, we had CHIP or Children's Program, we had the Safety Net, yep. we have now we have Connector Care. So for those people, and now I'm doing the opposite, I'm setting you up for the answer that you're going to give. But what, how does the Connector function if, let's say I moved here, I don't know what I'm eligible for. Let's say I'm not eligible for my employer's plan. What should yeah. I do? Do I have to go to 10 different places to figure out right. who can help me or how does that work? It's a great question, and you're right. Somebody moving here from another place absolutely wouldn't necessarily know that. So the great news is there's one front door for all those programs you just listed. So if somebody comes to the Health Connectors website, which is www.mahealthconnector.org, they can essentially apply they can put in an application for coverage and the system will tell them back what they qualify for, whether it's a health connector plan and I can get into the different types of that, whether it's a mass health plan, mass health is the term for our Medicaid program here in Massachusetts, whether their kids are eligible for CHIP, as you mentioned, which is a children's health coverage program that's really a part of mass health. So that's what's so great about the system. Kind of wonky term is we have an what's called an integrated eligibility system here in Massachusetts. So people don't need to do the math. Oh, let's see. Okay, I make $42,796 a year. And so that would land me in this particular program. No, that's not the individual resident's job or responsibility to figure out. Our system does that for people. So when they come to the Health Connectors website, they can know they're essentially applying all at once for all of these different programs. And the system will tell them back instantaneously after they complete their application what it is that they qualify for and then next steps for actually enrolling. So it's really helpful, I think, for people. And that was the grand vision for how Massachusetts wanted to approach health coverage over time and health reform over time is really make it easy for residents to just come in one door, no wrong entry, and we make it easy for you to figure out what it is you should be in. Yeah, and just from personal experience, when I've when I've 
told people to do that or, or advised them to do that. And I always, always say to them, it doesn't really matter if we're not in open enrollment period, which hopefully will hopefully end with open enrollment because I know it's mm-hmm. probably coming up November. I said, look, there may be other things you're eligible for based on whether you've recently lost coverage or there's something else. So I always send people there and mm-hmm. people that have either gone online, there's obviously telephonic support. It's actually pretty good. I cheated this morning and just logged in and did a um, sort of a, I just, and again, you don't have to find out what you're eligible for, especially on the credits, which I want to ask you about. Mm-hmm. You can just enter your information without giving, you put in your birth yep. date for age purposes, but you don't mm-hmm. have to enter any anything else but your first name. And I just put in some very basic information and I got what I was eligible for. And people, the other thing that I think is not surprising, but maybe, I guess eye-opening, probably the same word said differently, but just from a credit standpoint, we're at, and again, this is where I'm breaking my rule of asking a question I don't know the answer to. (laughs) Are we at, what is our credit? Are we, did we get to the 500% or did that not? make it? Are we still at the 400% of poverty level? So in terms of what income someone can be up to and still potentially qualify for subsidies to help pay for their care, so I'll answer in two different ways. So the Health Connector has a special program called Connector, and that is a program for people up to three times the federal poverty level. And just to give you an example of what that means, because most people don't walk around thinking about their income as a percentage of the federal poverty level. Yes, I I have it up Um, on my screen too, because in case you didn't have it, but go ahead. It's good. It's it's just important to give a real example. So that would be an individual earning, we'll say around $40,000, $41,000 a year, family of four earning up to about $83,000 a year. So if you make that or below in Massachusetts and you don't already have an affordable offer of coverage from your employer, you can qualify for this special program called Connector Care. And what that does is it takes Affordable Care Act federal subsidies, which everybody in the country gets, but it does something different. It also adds state subsidies on top of that to bring your health care costs down even lower. And that's true on the premium side. So your premium will be lower than it would otherwise be. And it's also true on the cost sharing side. So anybody who's enrolled in connector care does not have a deductible and they have low and no co-pays for actually utilizing healthcare services. So that's connector care, and that goes up to 300% of the federal poverty level. I think you were asking about there had been a proposal in the legislature mm-hmm. to expand connector care up to 500% of the federal poverty level. That did not end up making it across the line. So we're, we're still at 300% for connector care, but I also want to make sure people know that even individuals who earn above 300% of the federal poverty level can also qualify for federal tax credits or federal subsidies just without the extra state help or kind of wrap as we call it. And that is through the Affordable Care Act and that has been since the ACA passed for people up to 400% of the federal poverty level. So someone in between 300 and 400 still gets some help from the federal government for lowering their costs. 400% of the federal poverty level is around a person making $54,000 or so dollars a year, family four earning about $111,000 a year. So that's helpful. That's extra help that population gets. But something really important happened last year and this year that makes even more people eligible for that help. Early last year, March of 2021, the American Rescue Plan Act passed. 
And that included essentially, like I call it, like a turbocharging of these federal subsidies. And it, it made people who'd already been eligible for those federal subsidies to lower health care costs, it gave them even more. So it lowered people's health care costs who had already been getting subsidies through the ACA. But it also did something really important, which is it took off what we call the cap, the 400% cap on who could qualify for federal subsidies to help lower health care costs. And it said, no matter what income you are, if a benchmark plan, and we can talk about what that is, but let's yep. just say standard, middle of the road health care plan available to you through your state's marketplace would exceed eight and a half percent of your household income, the federal government will step in and bring down the cost so that it is only 8.5% of your household income. So that was a a huge deal across the whole country. And here in Massachusetts, there were thousands and thousands of people who've never qualified for that federal help to lower their healthcare costs in in the individual markets that got that. Now that was slated to expire at the end of this year. So it was really just put in place for the two years, 2021 and 2022. But of course, as we were approaching that cliff of those potentially going away, there was a lot of attention and national conversation in Congress and elsewhere about whether to extend those and make those, keep those in place for longer. The Inflation Reduction Act, which passed, as I'm sure your listeners (laughs) know, over the summer and was signed into law by the president in August, included a three-year expansion, extension of those enhanced federal subsidies. So all that is to say, for somebody coming to shop through the Health Connector today or next year, there is there's never been more people who qualify for those federal tax credits to lower their health care costs, even outside of the Connector Care programs. It's a really big deal, and I would just note the populations that are particularly helped by that are older individuals in the individual market, people over 50, 55, 60, who are charged more for health insurance because of what we call age rating. And so just face higher premiums and are more likely to hit that 8.5% of household income. So those subsidies have been a major deal for that population. And we're really relieved and excited that they continue to be in place for at least several more years to come. And as far as the the state subsidies, are those renewable every year, Audrey, or are they part of some other program that would be in place for a while? Yeah, no, Connector Care is here to stay. It's been in place since the dawn of the Health Connector. It had previously been called Commonwealth Care after the Affordable Care Act was implemented in 2014. The mechanics of how it worked and the funding streams adjusted, but everything felt the same to the end user. So that is not something that is subject to political debate about whether to renew or extend. That is just and has really operated essentially the same way since the beginning of the Health Connector. And as far as we have a break coming up, but after the break, I'll ask you about the plans themselves and why you need to know if platinum is better than gold and all that. Uh, But also, just in the two minutes we have before the break, just wanted to talk a little bit about you mentioned or I brought up this thing called open enrollment. Mm -hmm. And we'll we'll finish with it, too. But just if you can in a minute and a half. Explain what open enrollment is and when it is, and then we can get into the details after. That sounds great. So open enrollment is the time of year when anybody can get into health coverage. Anybody can come in, select a plan, make a payment, enroll in coverage. They don't need what's called a qualifying event. So people may be familiar with that concept that 
you can't just enroll in health coverage any time of year whenever you want. The reasons for that are because it would worry insurance companies if people only signed up for coverage, of course, when they had knee surgery coming up or had a particular health care need. So open enrollment, though, is the time of year when anybody can come in. They don't need a qualifying event. It runs in Massachusetts from November 1st to January 23rd. So it's a couple months and then you get you hear more from the health connector at that time. We're trying to drum up awareness, make sure people know to apply for coverage. It is important for people to know throughout the rest of the year, there are a lot of ways people can get into coverage. A qualifying event, you had a baby, you got married, you got divorced, lost a job, lost your coverage through an employer. All of those are qualifying events you can get on in at any time of the year. People who newly qualify for connector care, for example, qualify for enrolling at any time of year. But in general, open enrollment is when anybody can come into coverage and it starts November 1st. Great. All right. After the break, we will talk about the plans and more with Audrey Gasteyer from the Mass Health Connector. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. And we're back. Good morning, everyone. This is Pat Harridan from Lockton in Boston, filling in for Mike and the team. Today, we're talking about all things insurance. In the first hour, we've been talking with Audrey Gasteyer from the Mass Health Connector. And we started talking about the connector, the plans, a little bit about open enrollment. And I do want to get into the plans. But we do have a question that we may or may not be able to answer and if we can't answer it audrey if you can give out probably the connector telephone number that may be helpful but let's see if we can answer john in plymouth's question john go ahead yeah good morning how are you good how are you john good. all right hey i just number one i want to compliment the staff that i've had to deal with what i call the customer service number at the bath health connector very um informational they're very helpful the only situation i have is in the past two to three years is that if i change plans and if it's within a particular network i really don't want to mention the name but <laughs> it takes over six weeks to get my card so mm. I'm, making a, I'm making a payment and i'm losing that whole month because i don't have any cards or anything to give to my provider or provide, and that's the only complaint I have. If you want to call it a complaint, but it's also a concern because yeah. be when you pay for something, you should be able to use it. Absolutely. Oh, I'm so glad you raised that, and thanks so much for the call. And I can look into that and bring that back to the team. Yeah, it seems like it should be coming to you sooner. My hope is that even if you don't have the physical card in the mail, that you could get the information, whether it's from the health connector or the plan you chose and at least have your member ID number that you could bring to the doctor's office or the pharmacy just so you can make sure you're getting the services you have in fact paid for. But let me take that back and I, we can, we'll talk offline about which carrier that is because they should be sending that to you <laughs> much more quickly. One, yes. one suggestion I will say is that we're in the technology age. They could email that information. That's one Absolutely. suggestion I'll make. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you should have that in hand. So, yeah, let's, I will take that back. And, Pat, perhaps you can help me make yep. sure I have this gentleman's information so we can follow up and make sure that gets taken care of more quickly. Yep, we will. Thank you, John. Appreciate the call and the kind words for the connector. Yeah, thank you, John. Yeah, and Audrey, it's funny, even on the employer side, which is what I deal with, obviously, for a certain individual, the card is important. Others mm-hmm. uh, would never use a card. They use their phone. It's The card is on the phone, and we've got apps. My mother is 85, and uh, she wants a card. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. You should have it in whatever way it works for you, is, I think, the takeaway. Yes, but that is good advice, Audrey. Obviously, from an enrollment system, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but you guys are entering information directly into the system. So if your provider, whether it's a doctor, if they go into the system to check your eligibility using other identifiers, your name, date of birth, social, mm-hmm. something that you're giving them, should they should be able to pull it up and look at your schedule of benefits or look That's at your right. your eligibility. So Thanks. the card's important. I get it. If you're if you've enrolled, you've paid a premium, that means yes. you gener- they've generated a bill, you're in the system. You're yes, there. Exactly. You have the coverage. You, you have, have the, the coverage, coverage and just to make sure. But again, I, I do agree that some offices, I've been in a lot of provider offices observing, some don't don't have that online capability. They just make copies of the card. They're right. a little bit old school in that regard. But no, good advice, Audrey. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about the plans. Because again, I'll Mm -hmm. go back to this because it still happens. I hear it a lot. And I think this year, a little bit more confusion, and you'll know what I'm talking about, but maybe others won't, but with the Group Insurance Commission doing its RFP this year for their plans, which is the state employee plan, not the connector plans, and then you guys do your seal of approval. A little bit more confusion, and then obviously with what's going on with Fallon dropping out and Harvard Pil- mm-hmm. Harvard Pilgrim Tufts consolidating, always changing mm-hmm. its name. Blue Cross has a new CEO, a familiar CEO, however. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But just a lot going on in our marketplace. Yeah. But, but I think the biggest question is, and this you've heard this from me before, but just to keep getting it out there is these this is not for the people that are eligible even the people that are eligible for credits or premium assistance or cost share assistance the plans that they are selecting from are the plans that are offered in the state to everyone can you explain how you guys select your plans and what they are so people know that it's not a state plan it's not medicaid it's yep yeah absolutely great great question so All the health insurance plans that the Health Connector offers are commercial health insurance products. They are not Medicaid, they're not Medicare, they're private market commercial insurance products. When the Connector offers somebody help paying for that, whether that's through the Connector Care Program or using Affordable Care Act subsidies to help lower people's costs, that doesn't change that it's still a private commercial market insurance product that any individual or small business in the state can buy. It's just helping lower your premiums. So that's an important distinction. The Connector has a fantastic benefit, thanks to the people who wrote Chapter 58 Mm -hmm. of the Acts of 2006, Mm -hmm. our state's health reform law. It says that every insurance company who really has any footprint whatsoever in Massachusetts's insurance market, it's technically if they have more than 5,000 covered lives in Massachusetts, they have to participate through the health connector. So Blue Cross Blue Shield, Harvard Pilgrim, we'll talk about that in a moment, changing names, all of those insurance companies that are where for a long time people have thought about, those are the companies I would get my coverage for through an employer or in the individual market. They're all offering coverage through the health connector. Um, 
and we'll talk in a moment about some of the name changes. There's a few different kind of configurations going on. That's ha- that's not unique to the Health Connector. That's happening across the board. But when somebody comes to shop for the Health Connector, they have the advantage of being able to see all of these different insurance companies essentially competing for their business. And what the Connector does is a way to try to put the consumer, the individual, in the driver's seat and make help them make heads and tails of what it is they're comparing and what might be the best plan for them is we do something called standardizing benefits. Mm-hmm. So we say there's a, a kind of a system in ACA marketplaces like the Health Connector called metal tiers. So it helps you as a shopper because there will be some plans that are called platinum plans, some gold, some silver, and some bronze. This is not true in the Connect for Care market. There's just sort of one plan design depending on what income level you're at. But for everybody else, there's these metal tiers. And what that means is a platinum plan is a plan you're going to pay more for through the premium, but it has lower cost sharing. It may not have a deductible or has a very low deductible. The idea here is like, okay, I'm a person. I'd rather just know what my costs are going to be up front, and I'll pay a little bit more in premium so that I don't have to deal with a lot of variable costs when it comes to whether or not I'm using healthcare services that month or what my needs might end up being. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got a bronze plan with much lower premium, but you're going to be paying more in the way of deductibles and co-pays. And that's just a preference for individuals and, frankly, employers in terms of what they would rather offer to people. Um, and what the connector does is it actually sets the design of the insurance plan for each of those levels. And then the insurance companies have to bid back and say, okay, this is going to be my platinum plan, or here are a couple platinum plans that I'd like to sell through the health connector. So that's how the process works. And it's a many-month process each year for what's going to be sold the following plan year. And it is denoted as the Calder Seal of Approval process. But that standardization, I think, really helps consumers. We hear a lot from our members about how it helps them make sense. If you come to any kind of marketplace, health insurance or otherwise, there's so much kind of fine print and detail. For the regular person or, frankly, even somebody who studies health policy, it's very difficult to compare. What am I looking at? Is this really different? And what you find is that the price differentials you'll see if you wanted to shop for, let's just say, a gold plan, the difference in price you're paying primarily is about network. So that's why it's really important for people when they shop to know is there a particular doctor or hospital I want to make sure is in this plan? And the website makes it easy for people to search for that and they can filter for that. And then that way they can see some plans might be twice what another plan is, but it's just because of the network. But if that network is good for you, then that, that can be a great choice for you at, at the price point you're looking for. So that's how it all works. But back to the top of the question, this is all commercial health insurance that any individual or small employer would be shopping for here in Massachusetts. The connector just helps organize it in a particular way that makes it easier for the shopper and kind of puts them in the driver's seat in terms of understanding what they're looking for and how to pick the plan that's best for them. And so from a marketplace, and again, I think you said it, you're acting as the conduit of the in-between. Some people think that the connector is not offering Fallon anymore, or why did they change the name of that plan? And if you just want to explain that it's not, it's not the state doing that. These are individual companies making decisions to either enter or exit a market or change names or networks and that's all up to the plans. 
That's exactly right. So even though we do work to try to organize how people can compare the products and all of that, at the end of the day, we're a pass-through. I guess it's an term exchange. We're an exchange between buyers and sellers. And in the case of the insurance companies in our state, as you noted, when it rains, it pours the situation. We have a number of insurance companies that are changing their name or choosing not to participate any longer in particular parts of the state. So people might have heard we have a new term for an insurance company, Point 32, and that is the merged entity of what was Harvard Pilgrim and Tufts Premier and Tufts Direct. That's all becoming one entity called Point 32. We have changes happening, what was a plan called BMCH, BMCHP Health Plan. They are going to be referred to as WellSense going forward, <laughs> and the carrier always will now be MGB Health Plan. So exactly as you know, that sometimes people will think, oh, the connector changed their name or the connector is doing something, but nope, it's just a pass-through. These are changes happening in the outside market. They're just reflected in our marketplace and our shopping experience in the same way any other change might be. As you could imagine, we have work to do each fall when there's going to be upcoming changes like that for the following plan year. For people that we cover who are already enrolled in those plans, there's lots of messaging that comes from us, Mm -hmm. from the carrier, to make sure that, of course, their enrollees really understand what's going on. They'll get new cards in the mail and all of that. So there's support there, and then we try to make that clear for people newly coming into coverage during open enrollment, what it is they're looking at. But, yeah, for some reason, I don't know what it is in the water or the air, but lots of changes like that afoot right now. And the important thing to remember is, and I think, again, the state, although not organization. The Division of Insurance regulates the insurance companies, but they're not they're not regulating what names they can use or whether or not right. they enter or exit. And also the other thing that I think was always mentioned and you mentioned it too is just the education and messaging. People in Tufts, which technically will no longer exist, think that they're gonna be joining this whole new plan and have to check if their doctor's in and this is where I think that the plans, quite frankly, should be doing the work and reaching out to those members and even the name change with mm-hmm. always and we're changing it to Mass General Brigham or MGB. Now everyone's yeah. thinking, oh my God, I have to go to Mass General. Again, I, that that could be the marketing department's uh, goal. But right. but for us, and again, the education piece is in a normal, again, in the health insurance dynamic, the decision to participate in a plan is usually the provider. So in other words, it's not company XYZ saying, I don't want to have this doctor or this hospital Mm -hmm. in my network. Granted, they Mm -hmm. may have criteria about accreditation or quality or something that would kick them out. But for the most part, it's a contractual thing. They don't want to accept the reimbursement. And we have that a lot on the mental health side where a lot of mental Mm -hmm. health providers just aren't in networks because they don't Mm -hmm. want to accept it. So I think, again, this is going to be an ongoing process of educating, you know, who's in charge, who's responsible. The the doctors typically blame the insurance companies and vice versa. So just to say, hey, the connector is there to help you navigate. I like that term too, the navigators that come out at Mm -hmm. open enrollment. It is. It's trying to help people figure out a, what they're eligible for, and then yep. B, once they find out what they're eligible And I think it's great. I Like I said, I went on earlier, and I just put in put in a, an income that I knew would have a credit, and it told me what the credit was right away. You're yeah. eligible for this amount of credit. And then when I shot, even, and I didn't go further, Audrey, but if I went and shopped, would the credit be reflected in the price I see? That's Is right. That, exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I'm glad you mentioned that because that we didn't always have that tool that I think you might be referring to. So if people 
go to our website, which is www.mahealthconnector.org, they can go to a tool that's right on the landing page, right when you get to our website, called Get an Estimate. And as you put, as you pointed out, you can put in extremely basic information. It takes you like less than a minute, age, zip code, income, and it will show for you what you qualify for, what plans are in your area, and subsidies or savings you might be eligible for. So that was a great step when we were able to take that so that people didn't need to go through an entire application just to get a sense. Because I think for a lot of people, it, it ends up surprising a lot of people that they would qualify for help. This is not just for very low-income people. This is moderate incomes that people can qualify for this help paying for coverage. So it's nice to have something people can really do in a minute or two and say, oh, wow, looks like I get some help. Because some people make the assumption they won't and they think, oh, I'm sure I can't afford this. Never mind. I'll go without coverage for a few months. And we really don't want people doing that. So I'm glad you mentioned that's right on our webpage. You just click on the get an estimate tool. And as I mentioned, there's more people than ever before, frankly, in the history of <laughs> Massachusetts health reform do qualify for help, whether it's state health paying or or just the federal assistance. But it's meaningful help, and we want to make sure people are aware of it. Yeah, and like I said, I think you said it right. Most of the people that I deal with are people that are losing their employer-sponsored coverage. So they look at their COBRA notice and mm-hmm. see the COBRA premium. And they're thinking, yeah. oh my God, if Whoa. that if yeah, if that was the employer's premium, I can only imagine what it's gonna cost. Exactly. And again, you go exactly. on you go on again, I know people don't like to put in their information. you don't have to create an account. I did it. I cheated on my birthday. I just put my relative age. I, you don't have to enter your mm-hmm. own birthday and mm-hmm. all that. It'll give you a, a good sense of it's not gonna be that far off. So I think that's t- right. That's great to do. The other thing we didn't talk about, just wanted to get it in there, two other quick things quickly. We've got t- 10 minutes, but I think we're good. What about, so this is, we've all been talking about medical, we've talked about all the carriers, but there's also, again, for some people who need this, may have families. Uh, what about like dental? I noticed that dental is on there. Is it, I know that's not yes. new, but is dental part of the program? It sure is. So you can buy medical insurance, as we've been talking about through the hour. The Health Connector also offers dental plans, both to individuals and small businesses. So we have two dental carriers, Altus Dental and Delta Dental. And this is like an even more kind of organized, streamlined part of the marketplace, just in terms of as you're shopping, we have what's called a high plan and a low plan. And that's analogous to the metal tiers we talked about where you could pay a little bit more upfront in your dental premium and have lower cost sharing when you go to use dental services or vice versa. So it's pretty straightforward, but yeah, we have a lot of people who buy dental through the connector. A lot of people kind of tack it on to their medical plan just to have both of those sides of the equation covered. We also have a lot of people who buy it just just dental coverage, maybe have health insurance through their employer, through the spouse, whatever it might be, but just come and just buy a dental plan through the health connector. So that's been steadily growing over the years and same on the small business side of the house. People should certainly think about their dental health coverage needs and know that the health connector is is an easy destination to get that taken care of. And there's not the same, the subsidies aren't available for dental, it's relatively inexpensive, but from an eligibility standpoint, how is the eligibility different on the dental or is it? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Yeah, there's not subsidies that apply to the dental side of the world. As you noted, it's much, much less expensive, but nevertheless, there's not subsidies like the connector care subsidies or the federal ACA tax credits for dental coverage. But also important people know there's not an open enrollment period, so people can enroll year-round in dental coverage. So again, pretty straightforward and something you can learn more about on our website at www.mahealthconnector.org. 
Great. And then let's just touch on the business piece for a second. So obviously most, that's my world, most large employers have offer their plans to their employees and do it a number of different ways again. But the small employers struggle with either the technology, the capability, Mm -hmm. or sort of the administration because they don't have an HR department or something to help them. What does the connector offer for businesses in the health insurance regard? Sure. So I'm glad you asked. So the Health Connector has a whole platform that's just for small businesses here in Massachusetts. It's called Health Connector for Business. You can get to it through our website. And so that's for businesses with fewer than 50 employees. And it offers all the same kind of broad concepts we've been talking about on the individual side. So a small employer can choose a plan from any of the insurance companies in Massachusetts. It's the only place where an employer can access all of the leading health insurance companies with no fee or anything like that and offer a plan to their employees. And so I just want to note there's a few different ways they can do that. And some are really novel and unique to the connector in ways that I think are really helpful for a lot of small businesses that have struggled in this space. As you noted, it can be a really overwhelming, complicated area for decision making for a small business, especially if you don't have an HR department, which most small businesses don't. The connector allows employers to pick what we call a benchmark plan. So they could just offer, I'm just going to make up an insurance company, they could just (laughs) offer a Blue Cross Blue Shield plan, a gold plan to everybody, end of day, that's the plan, people can take it or not, that's fine. That's an option that small employers have through us, and it's nice because they can comparison shop and see all the different ranges of networks and prices, and that's a big benefit to small businesses right there. But they also have the option to say, okay, I'm going to pick a benchmark contribution. I'll pick a plan and say I'm willing to kick in 70% of the cost of this to my employees, but the employee doesn't have to pick the Blue Cross Blue Shield plan. They could take that employer's contribution that they put on the table and pick from any of the other carriers offered through the health connectors. Tufts and Harvard Pilgrim and their new entity, Point32. They could pick Fallon. They could pick, you name it. Um, And that's really nice for employers because it allows them to set their costs in a kind of a level, predictable way, but gives the employees choice to pick the plan that's best for them. And then that kind of gets the employer out of having to pick the perfect plan for everybody, which is really challenging. People have different healthcare needs and risk dispositions and all of that. So we found an incredible amount of interest among small employers in that model. And there's other models too that employers can use where they just offer plans from one insurance company through the health connector, but they offer it at a few different levels. So they might offer a platinum and a gold plan from Fallon or Blue Cross, et cetera. That's a big step forward for small businesses just in terms of cracking open some new flexible options for them. And we've gotten really strong feedback from employers about how helpful that's been for them in managing costs and with happier employees that have more choice, quite frankly. That's one piece, a big advantage for small employers in terms of using the health connector. I would also note there's a few savings opportunities for small employers that are unique to the Health Connector. One is Massachusetts has a wellness rebate, essentially a discount on premiums for small employers that use the Health Connector whose employees participate in a particular set of wellness activities. The employer can get that up to 15% back on the premiums they contributed to coverage through the Health Connector, and that's available for three years for employers. That's only available through the Health Connector, so that's a place to get really meaningful savings as a small employer. There's also tax credits available through the Affordable Care Act for some small businesses that qualify. 
if they get their coverage through an exchange like the Health Connector. That's for employer employers with lower wage bases for their employees, but nevertheless, it's a savings opportunity available only through the exchange. So we've been steadily growing over the years in terms of enrollment in Health Connector for Business with really strong positive feedback from employers who've used it. For any small employers listening, would certainly encourage you to check out the options. There's a lot of savings both through rebates, but also just through sheer comparison shopping and giving more flexible choice to to both employer and the employee that are available there and nowhere else. And Audrey, I apologize. What's the upper limit for size from the employer side here? It's 50 employees is the limit, but if an employer is, let's just say, at 45 employees and they end up growing and tripping (laughs) that 50 mark, they can stay with us or grandfathered in forever. If you're under 50, definitely worth checking out. And I think the key thing for the, obviously, the um, employer has a, like you said, could do a fixed cost contribution and the employee, if they're not like a 50 group, a 50 employee life group can only usually pick one option for a yep. health plan and here they can uh, obviously if they want to pay a di- the difference they can pick from the plans that are offered a different than the benchmark even though the contribution set at the benchmark as you said they can pick the other plans and yep. again these are blue cross point th- i gotta get used to saying point 32 still don't know what it means but i'm there getting yep. there yeah and then some of the other names but no that's good and then do the employers have the dental option there too from the two plans? they do yep okay. exactly so they can cut that into their offering as well and and also too from a just from an administration billing again the employers we don't deal a lot in that smaller group on the employer side but that's who we we refer to they hey you know Again, you can get the big company benefits, get a little bit of administration, a little bit of support. And again, the plans, I've looked at the plans, I've tried to help people enroll. Like you said, there's different tiers, different levels. There's people have, people can choose options. So I think that's all good. And let's just finish on, remind people when, again, people can enroll or people can go on the website at any time to figure out Mm -hmm. what they're eligible for. But just remind people when open enrollment is. Yes. Open enrollment at the Health Connector starts November 1st and runs through January 23rd, and that's when anybody can come into coverage. They don't need a qualifying event. But if someone needs coverage before then, still come to the website. There are lots of ways to get in, so people should check out their options. But open enrollment. November 1st. Great. And that would be effective 1-1, Audrey, correct? That's right. You actually can sign up for coverage to start 12-1 as well, but 1-1 is for most people to plan year. That's right. Got it. Great. Audrey, as always, thank you very much for spending uh, part of your Saturday morning with us and the listeners. And again, Audrey, thank you. Thank you, Pat. Mm -hmm. Great to be on. Bye-bye.